What's going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I'm stoked to be collaborating with Rotoballer again in 2021 with the Bases Loaded Podcast continuing as part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Bases Loaded Podcast listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code BASESLOADED. That's bases loaded, all one word. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of the Rotoballer draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 2021 player outlooks, and all of this fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code bases loaded. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases loaded and get your draft kit today. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode 147 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Tonight I am joined by George, who you can follow on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. George, that's probably the tamest, less, least interesting intro I've given you this year. I told you I was going to ch- try to change up every episode, and I decided to go old school and boring. What's up, George? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> I don't know. I can't bring the energy. It's hard. But tonight, we are talking FOMO, fear of missing out. And we just decided to get on here. We're going to make it a quick podcast tonight. We're going to each give five players. And you got you think, oh, 10 players won't be short. Trust me. We're keeping it a short pod tonight. Appreciate you listening as always, tuning in. Of course, before we get started, five star rating and reviews greatly appreciated. But other than that, I guess I should ask how you're doing, but we just talked the other day, so I think you're doing well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh we just joined a draft together. We did, we did. We just joined uh a uh NFBC um draft, draft champions. champions. Yeah, that one started this morning, right? Did it start this morning or yesterday? Yesterday, well, yeah, yesterday. You I woke up from a nap. Sleepy K was taking a nap. And uh, <laughs> we uh, we jumped. You're like, hey, there's this one has 13 out of 15. I'm like, yeah, I told you we need to get in the league together. We jump in. You know what? Let's. I wasn't gonna, again. We, I wasn't gonna do this. But let's talk about it. So this draft, sure. I decided. I decided to change it up a little bit. I went. So first off, Cole fell to me at nine. I had the ninth pick, you had the sixth pick. I didn't mm-hmm. have a strategy. I, I will be honest. I didn't go in thinking I needed to go pocket aces or I needed. I, I actually went into this, and it actually talks. We talk about FOMO tonight. One of the guys I made sure to get. That was sitting there in the second round was you Darvish. He was my second round pick. So I paired you Darvish with Garrett Cole. I thought the safety of Garrett Cole in the high floor paired with you Darvish made a great like pocket aces is not something I need to do, but those two just felt like a, it felt like a great high risk, high reward in Darvish paired with the high floor and Cole. But you have to remember in draft champions, there's no waiver wires. It's 15 teams, 50 rounds. So getting your innings is a big deal and Cole gives you though that safety and Darvish gives you the same upside as an elite level and an ace tier guy, but comes with a little bit of health risk. So again, didn't have much of a strategy going in. I didn't know which way I wanted to go. I wanted to see what was going to fall to me. And ninth kind of gives me that, that leeway. And when Cole fell to ninth, I thought, I thought that was a no brainer because I value Cole as like a top five to top seven pick easily. So then that, yeah. and then from there, because I really wanted to go Darvish hitters, the hitters that were there, were the usuals like Bryce Harper types. And I was like, yeah, I'll just take the, I'll just go pocket aces. But then 
Zach Gallen fell to me at the ninth pick in the third round, which in this type of format never happens. So I decided I'm going to have a little fun here. Went I went trip I went trip aces man trip aces mm-hmm. up and so that's how I started my draft and then of course today I was so amped I'm like I get my first year of Trent Grisham I'm really liking him he's leading off all spring and like what two hours later an hour later is when he pulls up lame running down the base paths so oh I got Marcelo Zuna too so I did go ahead and get some hitting I got some solid hitting at least at the time and then yeah um I think since then also Mankata who I'm really high on we can talk about in a little bit and then Brad Hand got my first closer because there was a heck of a run which you started the closer run after you, after you took that closer, what in the sixth round, there was five straight closers. So I'm glad like, Brad hand is not a guy I'm super confident in at all, but I do believe he belongs in a certain tier. I think he has the job unquestioned, which is hard to say for a lot of closers. I, I like to get one of those. So although I didn't want to take another pitcher being that I started off. So, so SP heavy, I decided to get my closer. And I'm glad I did because after I picked one, two more wins. So like I said, my team right now could do some offense, especially if Trent Grisham misses any time. But I like it considering how I started because I definitely wanted to try something new. So what, yeah. first off, what are your thoughts on how I started my team? And then we'll talk about your team. Well, right off the bat, dude, uh, Garrett Cole falling to you at nine is yeah. just crazy. Like I've, I've never I don't see that very often at all um, in this type of format where, like you said, 50 rounds uh, draft and hold. You know, you're not making any pickups. So like getting that secured volume, uh, you know, good volume at there at the top with, with Garrett Cole is, is awesome. So like for me, I, I picked six and I was like torn between Trey Turner and Garrett Cole. I, I didn't, I don't have any Trey Turner yet. And um, so I, I, I went with Trey, but just sticking with your team real quick. I, I mean, the fact that Marcel Ozuna fell to you in the middle of the fourth too, like, uh, like yeah, he went after like Jose Abreu, Alex Bregman. Like I would take Marcel Ozuna like before those two guys right now. Oh, I agree. Um, and that's why yeah. when he fell, I was really excited because he was kind of like a, a pleasant surprise. I was like, okay. I, I had like my cue set up. And Grisham was actually a consideration in the fourth because I needed speed at this point. And I was like, I don't really want Grisham here. I'd rather wait and either miss miss out on him or let, and hope he falls. But I was willing to take him. But then Ozuna fell. I was like, sweet. I'm going to go ahead and scoop that one up. Yeah, yeah. So just considering the fact that you started with those three pitchers, Cole, Darvish, Gallon, like that's amazing. And then you, to get Ozuna, Grisham, and Moncada as the three hitters after, like I, I think you're set up pretty good here. Like I don't – hopefully, you know, Grisham doesn't miss much time at all. I think he's going to be reevaluated tomorrow. They said it was like a slight hamstring. So, I mean, you still got almost three weeks until the regular season, even if it – goes like a few days or a week into the season you'll, you'll be fine there you got a little bit of speed you got a, just a stud power hitter in, in ozuna who should put up a boatload of counting stats there uh, in atlanta uh yoan mancada big time value this year love mancada he, i mean his skills were are trending up every single year last year it was just the physical tools that were kind of depleted by covid i think he's gonna have a big bounce back so you got a little you get a little bit of speed there with him too uh, so I, I think you're set up pretty nice. You got your closer and Brad Hand. Um, so I like how this team has has uh, shaped up for you so far. Um, yeah, I think I think you could be pretty flexible here going forward. I think it's gonna come down to how do I not screw this up? Um, <laughs> and it's I'm looking at these picks coming. Up. I'm up. I'm up. I actually might, I might might be making a pick on the clock. I'm getting excited. I can't talk. And one of the guys on my list here for FOMO is a guy I'm really considering, but because of my outfield situation and having two so early and not having much infield, 
I really feel the need to go infield here or at least dual dual positional eligible. And a guy like Dylan Moore, which again, more more speed, because I kind of need speed now. He and they're talking about more possibly hitting at top of the lineup. He'll have at least he'll mm-hmm. have a chance to. I think I'm gonna go ahead and pull the trigger on more if he's there in two picks. But if he's not, the next guy up is uh, again one of the FOMO guys, so we'll talk about him soon. But let's go ahead and what about your team real quick? You mentioned you start off with Trey Turner at six. I love Trey Turner there. If I I actually wanted my first, I think my KDS pick was eight, but it was like eight seven six i think that's how i picked that's the, those are the first three spots i wanted and i like six because i like six i wanted i actually wanted to get trey turner i like the idea of getting trey turner early so talk your process through uh, talk your thought process through all your picks yeah so you know i was surprised that through six picks or through the first five picks up to mine uh there hadn't been a pitcher yeah taken like usually you know in this format you see uh degrom or cole or uh, you know one of those going or both yeah we're both gone uh, by the time you get there, but neither one had gone. So I thought, okay, well, well, maybe, you know, maybe pitching will fall on this one. Who knows? But uh, I wanted to start with uh, Turner. I, I do try to make it a point to get one of those top shortstops uh, in the first three rounds. Um, I, I did set my KDS with six as my first choice. Uh, so I, I ended up getting that. And then uh, come, it came around, of course, there was a, the starting, the second round starting pitcher run um, that you typically see. Uh, you know, Giolito, Nola, Darvish, Scherzer, Bueller, uh, those guys had went. And so I'm there at six. I was torn between uh, Brandon Woodruff and Luis Castillo. Personally, I, I really like them both. Um, it, it's kind of a, a toss up for me, but I, I did just like kind of splitting hairs. Um, I just saw a little bit of downside with Castillo as far as like the team context. You know, he's a big ground ball pitcher and that defense is, you know, questionable to say the least. Um, and then, uh, you know, you got that bullpen that's kind of getting depleted there. I saw uh, Amir Garrett is hurt. You know, Lucas Sims is is recovering right now. He's barely getting ramped up. I mean, could their closer be like Sean Doolittle, you know, who hasn't looked good this spring so far? So, I, I mean, just kind of splitting hairs there. I was a, just a little bit concerned with, like, the wins and the whip uh, potential for Castillo. Um, still an absolute stud, though. So I, I would have been fine with either. And just so uh, I just ended up siding with uh, Woodruff there came around to the third and it was really between like, I, I, I didn't love the hitters. Um, the other hitters that were there, I saw Zach gallon was there. I could have gone with Woodruff and gallon, but I don't know. I mean, as your SP three, that's amazing. As my SP two, I didn't think there was a huge difference between like gallon and um, someone that I got in the fourth. I ended up getting please sack in the fourth. So I ended up taking my second shortstop and filled my middle infield spot with uh, Tim Anderson. So I start Trey Turner, Brandon Woodruff, Tim Anderson, and I got, you know, plenty of steals and batting average and runs, you know, so uh, that really sets up my foundation to kind of do whatever I want um, with the next several picks. And so fourth round, I take Plezak. Um, you know, one of the themes this year is going to be, you know, the starting pitching uh, workloads. Right. And, and please act, I think is someone who is going to be able to pitch deep into games. I like the changes he made. I'm, I'm kind of buying into, um, you know, he has a good slider, has good control. I, I think the only maybe potential downfall there is, is, you know, the team context and the wins and stuff, but I think he's going to give me plenty of volume and uh, about a strikeout in, per inning. Uh, and yeah, I, I like him there as, as my SP two uh, round five. I went Randy Rosarena. He fell to me. I think it was pick six, six, uh, yeah, pick 66 and uh, Rosarena fell to me there. So now I've got three guys who can steal me 20 plus bases and hit 20 home runs 
and between the three of them should get a good batting average foundation. So again, just balance, balance, balance. So that, you know, just gives me flexibility later on. Uh, next two picks in the sixth round at uh, 85, I went with uh, Lizardo, Jesus Lizardo. I mentioned him the other day in our SP preview as someone I thought, you know, going after the top 25 pitchers who can like had that potential to really make that, that next step. And, uh, you know, take that leap into like the top 10, top to top 15. Uh, he looked lights out today, man. Four innings. Was it like uh, seven strikeouts? Might've been six strikeouts, but uh, yeah, he looked, he looked awesome today. First, first outing um, of the pitch pitch mix. Uh, he says he's feeling his uh, breaking, breaking pitch again, you know, kind of lost it last year and uh, said he found his breaking pitch and he looked great today. So really like Lizardo. And then, yeah, seventh round. I start, kind of started that closer run. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal fell to me at 96, so that was a little bit of a surprise. I, I feel, for me personally, Rosenthal is a top five uh, closer. And so to get him there at 96, I thought was a good value, and that kind of set off the run there with Presley, Yates, Hand, and Jansen going in the following four picks. I hated you for it because I didn't want to take a closer, <laughs> but I knew I was going to get boxed out of closers. And that's when you have to realize you have to adapt. You know, that's part of in fantasy. You can't... I don't like playing the closer game in DCs too much. Like I don't mind taking a few shots late. I have my guys and I'm sure I'll have plenty of time to get them in this draft, but mm-hmm. I like to have one guy. I feel like I'm secured with entering the year and he's kind of like hand was one of those guys, like I said. So, but I really like Kirby Yates. Like I know the injury risk is there, but he's the guy I wish would have fell to me in the next pick. He got taken right at one pick ahead of me, but mm-hmm. your team, I just, I get frustrated. First off, I, you know, I'm a uh, please like I'm whatever about I'm okay with. I have a few shares. I think I have a share of him in a 12 teamer, but Randy Rosarena, he's a guy that I'm going to live and die by the either. I'm going to be right or wrong about him this year. He's, he's a guy that there's no FOMO. I'm just straight up missing out on. And if I miss out on him, I'm fine with that. Rosenthal though. See, like you speak of him and I, I my ears perk up when you talk about closers, cause that's kind of your thing now. And everyone knows you for it. And you talk, so Rosenthal's a guy that I really like. I mean, the injury doesn't scare me. He sounds minor as well, too. Like, what, a groin, right? Or a yeah, yeah, and I, I think yeah, he should be getting, I think he was supposed to start throwing today off a of mound, or uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday he started throwing, um, and he should be throwing off a of mound by the end of the week. Yeah, so he, he looks like he'll be fine by the time the season starts. And he was someone who, I mean, he's been an elite closer before. And, you know, he had Tommy John, he came back, and, the last thing to come back for most pitchers coming off of Tommy John is, is the control. And we saw that we saw it be a huge problem in 2019. Uh, but I mean, he looked like the same old Rosenthal last year. I mean, he was pretty elite 1.90 ERA uh, in 23 innings, 38 strikeouts uh, and got 11 saves. So yeah, I mean, Rosenthal, I, I think for me, it, uh, he's, he is right, right back up there. Um, among the the top closers and i love the landing spot i mean oakland we know oakland's gonna go with one guy you know don't have to worry about any of that we know we pay they paid him to be the guy so yeah really really like rosenthal i'm really upset about shortstop two teams double tapped shortstop in the first three rounds and you were one of them and people don't realize how shortstop just falls off a cliff and there was nine taken one two three four five six seven eight, nine taken by the sixth pick in the third round again this is a 15 teamer and that's not even, you know, nine, nine, nine teams got a shortstop out of those nine picks. Seven teams did. So it goes to show you that shortstop 
it's kind of not as deep as people realize. And then, you know, a little later, I was aiming for Glaber Torres in the fifth. He got taken. Javier Baez is a fade for me. So, and he got taken anyway. One pick before me. Swanson's a guy I liked, but I want him on Kata instead. So I skipped on Swanson. So now I'm playing that game of like, it's, I don't want to go Dylan Moore here because I actually want to get a share of Correa, but I can't pick one or the other. And what fits my team more is definitely Correa is the safer pick. There's some injury risk there, but Dylan Moore's skill set fits my team more. So that's who I'm going to go with. I'm all about roster construction. I'll fill in the blanks later if I have to. Uh, but yeah, it's getting to a point now where shortstop's just starting to like, I feel like Correa is like the end of a tier. But that's what people yeah. came here. <laughs> Listen to what? what happened? No, I was just going to say, I think, um, I think more definitely fits your team because between Ozuna, and Mankata, like I, I think the two of them should have should have good batting averages. Like I, I know, you know, I know Mankata the twenty nineteen was like way, you know, he overperformed for sure. You know, he's not gonna have a four hundred Babbitt, but he's been making gains in his contact ability, like year over year over the over the last several years. And so I think he's gonna bounce back and between him and Ozuna, I think you're gonna have a good batting average. So uh and Grisham, I mean, we kind of know you know, I I don't know. Maybe we see some kind of skill growth, but you kind of expecting like a two fifty to two sixty average. Um, that's not going to hurt you though. I mean, in a fifteen team league, two two fifty is is like is probably going to end up being like middle of the pack. So, um, I, I think you're okay. I think I think more probably fits your team here if you're going to go that route. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. All right. Um, I, we actually did get a new Apple review. Thank you for that Apple review. Again, five-star rating reviews. Really appreciated. And people are, are liking the features, the, the soundboard that we you know chime in here and there, the, the voicemail stuff, which we actually have a voicemail, but I didn't prep you for it. So we'll see if I play it today. Might, might save it for the next episode and try to get some more. Same caller for the Macho Man. Pulled a new voice out, basically. Just thought I'd share. Right. We, I wish I knew who it was. I feel like I should know the phone number. I feel like it's someone that's kind of messing with us. But if not, hey, I appreciate it. I love it. I, I'm going to play all of them as long as they're appropriate, which it is. It's just a different voice. Anyway, time to get to our players that we're fear missing out on, a.k.a. FOMO. And right at the top, I mentioned it. You Darvish is a guy that I'm really like, I was like, oh, I got to get a share, man. He's just been so good since the second half of 2019. To give you an idea, the second half of 2019, since the second half of 2019, He's a guy that's been that's sitting with a 2.4 ERA with a FIP and XFIP at, at 2.54 and 2.59. So you know it's very essentially saying the ERA 24, 2.4 is pretty real. And then, of course, the strikeout rate of 34.6% and a K minus walk rate of 31.2% because the dude just isn't walking anybody. He's come out and said he feels the best he's ever felt, essentially. Uh, he's he's He even says like because of how many off-speed pitches he has and his repertoire is like 10 pitches deep. Hitters go up there expecting off speed, and he's able to just throw fastballs by them. It's kind of funny. So I, I like that he's just keeping hitters guessing. The dude just looks like the stuff is taking another step. He was that guy before having all the injuries. Yes, I, I, I completely understand there's risk there. But because of how I've built my team, I love that I put Darvish on this team specifically. And I just was so happy to get my share because this might be my one share of them. But that's the goal. Some of these FOMO guys, my goal is to get one share of them at least. And mm-hmm. I did that with Darvish. So I can cross him off my list. But the dude has just been lights out. He's talking about how great he feels. He's on a better team. Arguably, obviously, a tougher division, but better contextual wins. I think there's give and take there. But ultimately, I mean, other than the Dodgers, it's actually not a great division. I mean, what you have the Giants, you have the Diamondbacks, yeah. and you have the – what's the, the last Rockies. one here? Rockies, thank you. And I'm sorry, but even the Rockies and Cores don't scare me. Like, not this year. 
So yeah, no, they're not scared. So there's a. So there's a, so there's a lot to like in that division. I'm never gonna not feel confident putting Darvish in, but there is that outside risk of injury when it comes to Darvish. So that's why I've been fading him to this point. But again, I had he's a guy that people are letting drop because of his you know skills or because of his age because you know, there's ageism there and because of the potential for injury. But Darvish is a guy that if he was the best pitcher in baseball in fantasy, I should say nobody would be surprised. We've seen it since the second half of 2019. So Darvish is a guy that's on. He's the top of my list, the highest in ADP, and a guy that when I wanted so badly to get, he fell to me. I took him without thinking twice. Yeah, yeah, no, good, perfect guy to pair with with Cole there. Um, yeah, I mean, since the second half of 2019, he's been right up there with those guys, if not better. Sometimes I mean, you can argue. I mean, he's again, he's in the conversation without. And the price tag's kind of there, but not really. He's still going outside the top five. You're seeing guys like Bauer go ahead of him because Bauer had the you know the Cy Young 60-game season. I expect Bauer to still kind of do his thing. But I don't know. I think there's a level of safety with Darvish that even Bauer doesn't have. We know Bauer's going to get the innings, though. That's the big difference. I think we count on Bauer for the innings and the Ks. I think Darvish is there in terms of skill. So it's just a matter of confidence. And I, I'm actually more confident in Darvish's skills, but less confident in his health. So that's why, for me, they're, they're in a similar conversation but I mean, I, I don't have any Bauer either, so maybe he's a guy I should add to this this list because I actually want a share or two of Bauer. But enough about my one guy. Let's get to yours. Uh, your first guy. Uh, my first guy, uh, Luis Robert. I don't have any Luis Robert, but and, and these FOMO guys are guys that like I feel like when I'm in the draft and I I'm on the clock and I see their name on the board, I like I do a double take or I just like look at them for like an extra second, like knowing that for one reason or another i'm kind of avoiding them but it's like you you kind of second guess yourself like but what if right like for <laughs> me I, like, I think i think luis robert's going a little high but what if i mean he had 11 home runs last year right nine stolen bases he did hit 233 struck out 32 percent of the time but i mean he did have a pretty solid 8.8 percent walk rate and a 300 babbit for a guy with his speed you kind of expect that to be a, a bit higher so i mean if you're kind of like if you're kind of setting the the floor at like a 250 average i mean this guy has 30 home run 20 stolen base potential um in a really good lineup you know no matter where he's at he's going to have opportunity to either to score and drive in runs so i mean we could be looking at luis robert and i could be kicking myself for not taking him and he could be a, a first rounder next year what did i tell you if Darvish got taken, who was I taking in the in the what was it considered the early second, early to mid second? I was going to jump the ADP to get him was Luis Robert because he's yeah. he's actually on my list as well, and so I won't spend much more time with him on him. I completely agree with that assessment. There's, he's a guy that I hate paying the price for, but he's a guy that I don't want to miss because I think he's like it's him and Mondesi. They're like super risky in that second round, the area you know late second, and it's Robert. I has the pedigree. It's Robert. Sorry, it's Robert. It's Robert that has the pedigree, Robert that has the the upside, I think, that we all, or I shouldn't say we, because, you know, me, I'm, I've been fading Mondesi since 2019, but <laughs> since I started this <laughs> damn podcast, I listened to episode one, I was, I'm staying on brand, I still fade Mondesi, but Robert has a, a level that Mondesi doesn't, and they're going in the same range, and I think Robert's the one that has the chance to be a top 10, top 10 pick next year compared to Mondesi. I think Robert, or, sorry, Robert is the one that, is able to be a, a, a fantasy, you know, a winner, a league winner going in the second round, a guy that's going to make a huge difference or could. And I think getting Robert gives you that chance. And what uh, one of the trends that I think maybe I'm a little biased because I'm obviously watching uh, spring training. I still think it's not set in stone that he's going to be the two hole hitter, but we've seen him 
stick there lately. We've seen him in this. We've, we've seen him stick to the two hole when Mankata and Eaton were in the lineup. And it sounds like LaRusso is letting him have a chance to earn it. So maybe that's all it is, is getting him reps to let him earn it. But the, ch- the fact that there's a chance for him to hit second and that if Eaton struggles, he could be the one that moves up. It looks like Mankata might just be slotted in the middle of the lineup too. So that's a whole other discussion. But Mankata has been sitting fourth, fifth, pretty much all of spring training. And that's a great spot for him if that holds. So there's a lot to be determined still with that lineup, but Robert's getting every opportunity to bat on top of it. Now, Tim Anderson's going to lead off. So that two hole seems like it's very much in the, like that two holes very wide open. Like take it for what it's worth, but that's the truth. It's, uh, it's, it's Luis Robert and it's probably Eaton fighting for it at this point. I've kind of given up hope on Mankata fighting for it. And I think Robert has a very good chance of grabbing it and, Pair that with what we know the potential would be and the pedigree and the skill set he flashed in such a small small sample last year leaves me very much wanting Luis Robert. I said I wouldn't speak much on it. I couldn't help myself because Luis Robert excites me. So I'll just jump right into the next guy. Keep it simple. I'm actually, you know what? I'm I lied. I'm two people in already because Robert was on my list as well. So go ahead and give us your second. All right. Yeah. So my second guy, um, I have uh, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, he really? is going. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys where it's like, I just want one share. Right? <laughs> I just take him one time because he's he's going like in the what, fifth, sixth round. And I mean, I know injuries have been an issue, right? But it, ah, man, it's like, like Robert, like, like, what if, like, what we could see 40, like another 40 home run, 260, 270 season there in New York. Like, you know, he, he could be even in the fifth, sixth round, he could be tremendous value. Yeah, it's becoming like chasing the dragon, so to speak. Like, you're like oh, I, I, I've seen it before. I want it. I've, I felt it, and I can't quite get it again. That's what it's become with uh, with Judge. <laughs> and but I see, I can't. I, he's not a guy I fear about missing, only because skill set. I know the batting, or not the batting. Sorry, the the power with Judge. It obviously, could be difference making. But there's a guy going. Well, I think he's going after him right now in drafts that I really like, and that's uh, Jordan Alvarez. They are. I, have to, I should probably check the ADP before I say something like that. But isn't Jordan going after Judge? Yeah, he is. Okay, so I thought. Good. I'm glad you know this because I'm supposed to know this. But anyway, Jordan Alvarez, another guy that he looks like he's on track to actually be ready for spring training games sooner than later. Bregman's the one that's falling behind, and if Jordan gets those swings in, I think he could break camp. You know, without not landing on the IL to start the season, should slot right in the middle of what's a, always a really solid team in the Astros. Cheaters or not. That lineup is really solid. RBI opportunity. Talk about a guy who could lead the league in home runs. Alvarez is that guy to me. You pair that with just what we saw when he came up. Even last year, yes, he only played a couple games, but he came up and hit a home run the first game of the first game he played. The power is there. Four category production. He could be every bit of what Aaron Judge is without dragging your power into the ground. And the, that ballpark isn't bad for hitters. It's, I mean, I know it's better for pitchers than people realize, but I, I think he'll be fine. I, and I. I don't know. I don't think that. See, what scares me about Alvarez is the health, and that's all it is. So I won't have a lot, but to hedge my bets because I think Alvarez can be a transcend a transcendent talent in as a DH. And they did mention letting Alvarez play the outfield. I will believe it when I see it. I don't think that's a smart move, and it won't be anytime soon. But he has a chance to be like if you're talking about the next Nolan Arenado type, like a guy who can make that jump into the first two rounds as a four category producer, high floor. I think Alvarez offers that upside. And you're getting him at such a discount with a chance for him to gain outfield eligibility or in leagues that he is outfield eligible. Like probably, I'm guessing Yahoo because Yahoo gives everybody eligibility. Um, <laughs> Alvarez is a guy that suddenly gains a lot of value if he has that set of eligibility. But 
I'm chasing it, man. I think I need to get I need to get me at least one share of of Jordan Alvarez. I lied. I got him in um in the best ball. I did. I, I took him in that best ball uh league actually. But it's a five year dynasty, so it's a little different. I reached on him, so to speak, compared to ADP. But I, I, at least I have a share. I have him somewhere. I'm happy. I have him somewhere. So that's my third guy. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Jordan. What are your thoughts on Alvarez this year? Oh man, I have. He's another guy who I have. Was it Jordan? Jeez, I did it again. I messed up both their names. Luis Robert and Jordan Alvarez. Sorry, I, I tried to get their names right. I, I apologize for interrupting. I just I want to get their names oh, no. right. I, so go ahead as you were. No, you're good. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't have any any Alvarez either. And you know, part of that is the knees, and part of that is uh, you know the UT only um, eligibility. He, yeah, he's just someone I haven't got. But again, like you know, he's a perfect FOMO guy because he's going in the sixth, seventh round, and <laughs> like he could be a second round bat. You know, so yeah, that like similarly, like my third, my third guy um, is Steven Strasburg. I mean, he came out throwing. He, he did. He, he came out throwing. Uh, he's someone who has never posted an ERA over over four. I mean, aside, aside from last year, he threw five innings. But before that, you know, his highest ERA was three point seven four. And I mean, in twenty nineteen, two hundred nine innings, three point three two ERA, uh, two hundred fifty one strikeouts wins like he was an ace he was an absolute ace in 2019 and you know reports are good so far and you know he's falling into the fifth sixth round and like he could be an sp2 and he's some people's like he could be it he's some people's sp3 or four you know it's um, just I, I, it's, it's the unknown we don't we just, we've never seen carpal tunnel effect with anybody let alone an ace and he's coming out showing it's not an issue by the time you start buying in, the price might already go up because people are already trying to start starting to buy in. I think that's the case with a lot of these guys. If if we see a healthy Alvarez, he's gonna end up being a fifth round. He's gonna end up jumping 10, 15 picks. If we see a healthy, if we see Strasburg come out and throw another healthy, what five innings, three innings, whatever it is, and he's and he's throwing gas, he's gonna throw, he's gonna move up, and that discount is gonna be gone. So you're gonna have to join join another league with me, buddy, so you can make it happen. <laughs> I, I might just have to. I might. I, I say that I'm gonna start slowing down, but I mean, we still got three weeks left, and as soon, when we finish this draft, I'm gonna be sitting around and you know. I have one more in me. <laughs> I have one yeah, more. I, doing, buddy. I, I might just have one more in me too. By the way, I think you are. You're on the clock, sir. So we're gonna have oh, uh, a live okay. pick here. Did, did I get sniped on my guy? No, I did not. Okay, so Carlos Correa went. I told you, shortstops are flying off the board. So because of that. I mentioned just wanting speed. Losing Grisham for unknown time makes me want to secure some speed. I actually want to get it's funny, but the fourth guy on my FOMO list, I'm passing on because I don't need another outfielder, but I still need speed. And although the guy I'm passing on is more speed upside, I'm gonna take Dylan Moore because I want that multi-position eligibility. I believe enough in what I saw. I think and dude, the minor league track record and the strikeouts and walks suggest he does he should improve. He, he improved from 2019 to 2020. I think Moore is in for a better season. I'm just gonna take him with, <laughs> and the, I, I just I have more I have more more than I thought I would this year. I was a guy he was and he's a guy I've changed my tune on because he was a guy I was fading because of potential for playing time issues that was quickly dismissed. It was I guess the I, the source I read it from was kind of mis misquoted, so to speak. It was um doesn't matter what, where it came from. It was just um the way it was presented was definitely not how it was supposed to be, and that. As soon as I found that out, I pretty much changed my tune because Dylan Moore is a guy that I think can be solid. It's just the batting average can be like 250-ish, but I think 2020 is potential there. 
and wouldn't surprise me if he, if he does that playing every day in Seattle. So grab Dylan Moore there. I'm good with it. Second base outfield. And again, because I lost outfield, I want to have, I want a guy who's going to plug, 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 plug second base because second base isn't that great. But now with Grisham out, if I get another second baseman late that I can plug in the second base, he becomes an outfielder for Grisham while Grisham's out. So there is that. That's why the multi-positional eligibility played a part in my pick right there. Anyway. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I actually like more as well. I have taken him a couple times. He's kind of off to a good start so far this spring. Not this time. From- Not this time. <laughs> He's mine. <laughs> hey, I mean, from everything I've heard from beat writers and stuff there in seattle like the team really likes him and yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's gonna be hitting near the top of that lineup and yeah it's he already has a home run and a steal so far um through 14 um at bats he's four for four for 14 so yeah i mean he's he's someone who yeah i, I really like as well so um yeah i think that that's a good pick i'm i am i might be picking soon here i'm up in in two picks the guy i am eyeing here um with my speed and, and batting average kind of set, um, <laughs> I have this guy everywhere, and hopefully I don't get sniped. It's Matt Chapman. <laughs> you um, are all in on him <laughs> this year. Hey, man, I, get your guys. Get your guys. But I don't have FOMO of Matt Chapman. The guy I, I passed on who I have FOMO on is Byron Buxton. And I know it's the same song and dance every year. But the upside, but the potential. But he was <laughs> showing it last year. Buxton added some power. I believe he added some muscle last year, came into camp, was really doing well, but the, the speed didn't come. It was actually the power that showed out. And, and the managers come out and said that the added power to his profile will help him hit higher in the lineup. That probably means fifth or sixth. That is not great, but it's better than ninth because now he's getting a lot more at bats. And Buxton's a guy that I with a deadened ball. So a few of those home runs might fall and hit the wall. That puts him on base more. That could put him into, you know, stolen base potential and plus if he's batting towards the middle of the bottom of that lineup he should have a green light to run i would think because they were going to manufacture runs from the bottom half but i don't know I, I there's gonna be a year there's gonna be the magical year where buxton stays healthy no no concussions no nothing and i have a feeling 2021 it's a gut feeling 2021 is gonna be the year <laughs> buxton gives us that that year and he, i'm not gonna have him anywhere the year he does it and i'm just i'm talking about chasing a dragon byron Buxton's very much that but the dude just has the skill set for to be fantasy, like really solid for fantasy. And if he falls to the next round, you don't take him from me now that you know I want him. He's probably gonna end up on my team because the last thing I need right now is pitching still. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping. I mean, I've I've gotten some good value in terms of hitters falling because of how I attacked pitching and how other teams have actually kind of avoided it in the early rounds. So I'm expecting some values here to fall in terms of hitters. And Buxton's a guy I'm targeting on the way back. Again, if you don't steal him from me after I just talked about how I have this gut feeling, I hope my gut feeling then like that's all this is. This is a gut feeling. The skills paired with a gut feeling is why I feel Buxton's a guy I need to have on my team. That's yeah, it. well, I mean, Buxton, he's uh he's arbitration eligible after this season. So I mean, hopefully he gets paid so he can buy some better quality steak, man. Cause I mean, yeah, <laughs> he broke a he he apparently broke a tooth. He'll be fine. Uh, He'll be fine. Biting, biting into a steak. Just like oh, cap. Man. It's okay, man. It's okay. That's not that <laughs> he's getting the injuries out of the way. Okay. That's all that is. He's getting it out of the way. Good thing it's minor. Nothing serious. Shouldn't miss what? More than a couple of days getting it fixed. I'm not. There's no long term effects there that I've read about. But yeah, I, I, I'm over here talking about, about how he's going to stay healthy. Gonna, gonna be, it's going to be the magic year for Buxton. And he chips his tooth or breaks his tooth on a steak. <laughs> Well, hopefully, he, uh, 
hopefully he's there when it comes back around to you because I I won't be taking taking him here. He just he does with with Anderson and Rosarena and Turner. He just uh, doesn't fit. I might um, need to look at batting average to be honest because I, I gotta watch out because Mancada could just be a two fifty hitter again. Like that's very much a possibility. And next you know I have Ozuna who's like one guy that I'm hoping is batting average. Although the thing is those batting average fluctuates so much. I just I try to target guys I know are gonna get at bats who have potential to be good at batting average. And I just, it's hard to bank on batting average unless they're elite. Mm-hmm. Unless it's your, so when, like the way I went about pitching, getting those hitters that are elite and batting average are really hard to come by. So I'm not banking on batting average. I'm just trying to not be bottom of the barrel in batting average. But Buxton has a chance to bottom out. So although I want, I guess, a, a share of him, he almost doesn't fit this team anymore after taking Dylan Moore. Because Byron Buxton is like a more volatile Dylan Moore, feels like. with I think he has better upside in power and speed. But the batting average is very similar in terms of volatility, and I don't want to. I don't want more of that. I want less of that. So I, I like. To, I think more is kind of. I think more now. Obviously, when Cod is a little risky, but I think when Cod is fine. But I, you know, I mean, there's there's enough risk right now. In my hitters. I might need something a little safer. But with that said, this is my FOMO team because I got Darvish. So I might just say screw it, going full FOMO. But who's your fourth guy? <laughs> uh, my fourth guy is uh, Chris Bryant. Uh, Chris Bryant. I mean, he's he's just. 147 plate appearances removed from a 31 home run, 108 run, four steals, 282 season in 2019. And uh, that's in 147 games. He, he's someone who, I mean, you kind of see a fall off at, at third base uh, going like right in the range where he's going um, like around 130 or so. And um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have a third base after Chris Bryant, you're kind of kind of in trouble, I feel. So yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's someone who, I mean, he can, if he can kind of go back to just what he did just a year ago, I mean, he's going to be a really good value there going, you know, this late. So, like, if I don't have a third baseman at this point, I'm kind of considering, like, man, Chris Bryant is someone who, yeah, he could really help you there. Uh, I don't know. And then if, if he gets traded this season, I mean, you got to imagine that it's going to be to a contender. It, you know, no rebuilding team is going to be taking on Chris Bryant. It's going to be a contender. So, who knows? Maybe it could be like a, you know, he can get rejected with the new contending team. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about Chris Bryant? <laughs> I mean, you're reading reports. At least I was reading reports on Chris Bryant recently, and he's another guy that's like, yeah, man, just kind of back to normal. Like he's he, the sense of normalcy, the sense of like last year for a lot of these guys. Uh, I was reading like a lot of these guys didn't even think there was gonna be a season, let alone yeah. having to get into shape last minute. So I'm willing to give Chris Bryant a. A chance. I'm not anti Chris Bryant, but what it is, is, I usually build my team. Bryant actually fits this team because I think Bryant can still hit for a good batting average, and that's what I need. So if Bryant was there on the way back, he's a guy I can consider because he kind of helps give me that skill set I'm looking for. And he should hit in the middle of the lineup. Bryant's not a guy I go out, out of my way to target. He's not a guy I'm really fear of missing out on, but he's a guy I'm not avoiding either. Does that make any sense? Like, right? I realize yeah. no, my yeah. FOMO guys, my FOMO guys are guys that are volatile. I realized like everything about Darvish, Rob, Robert. Alvarez and Buxton super volatile because those are guys I avoid in the early rounds, but then I'm realizing there's such upside with, with a lot of these guys that that's why I'm targeting. That's why I need to have at least one share just on the, the chance to hit their ceiling versus the floor that I think that is more likely. And the last guy on this list is very much the guy Victor Robles. And I feel the need to get him. The team seems set on getting him to lead off. He's been leading off pretty much every game he's been in, in spring the quotes have come out and said that if they can get him to lead off, that would be great for their team because of how they want to construct that lineup. It's a solid lineup from top to bottom. 
especially without with I know the pitchers in the lineup, but we're still looking at a team with eight solid hitters in it. Castro's your six hole hitter. I think Castro's sneaky too. And he's a guy that you'll probably end up getting later in this draft because you always get Castro everywhere every year. But Victor Robles <laughs> is a guy that he's gone up and down. Last year he entered summer. I, he came into the, the short season putting on a lot of weight in a good way, like mus- muscle, muscular weight. But the problem is, is that slowed Robles down. His first step movement was like slower, so the fielding was off. Being that bulky can hinder your your mechanics behind, like on the, at the plate. So. You pair all that together. He came into this camp, uh, slimmed down a little bit, and he's just kind of doing his thing. I should have, you know, I'm looking up his stats right now because I have a feeling they're not going to be good and it's going to really upset me. But he is just, again, he's just playing every day. And they obviously want to make it work. So why not take a chance at a guy who could be leading off? The prospect pedigree is also there for him. He's People forget there was a chance, there was a time when he was being considered a better prospect than Juan Soto. Like that was a thing. That was a topic of conversation. That was wrong, but that yeah. was very much a topic of conversation. And right now, Victor Robles actually, right, it's impressive. Six strikeouts in 16 at bats, not great, but four walks. So it's almost a walk to strikeout ratio. His OBP is 429. That's actually really good for a leadoff hitter. But the encouraging part is he has a home run and four stolen bases. Four in seven games, spring training, four stolen bases. You gotta love yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> you gotta love that. <laughs> I knew I, I knew I had to look up his stats because I was like, I don't remember exactly what he's doing. Looked him up. Four stolen bases so far in sixteen in seven games, and you know they're not playing full time, so he's getting on base more. He's hitting the ball. He's seeing the ball better. Even if he hits two fifty, you're gonna look the power, uh, one home run, four stolen bases. Let's extrapolate that. No, I'm kidding. But um, my point is, though, is he's showing the ability to do both already. And it's spring training. So if he gives you 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases, he's like Andrew Benatendi and you're getting him, you know, what or what Benatendi used to be, I should say, but you're getting him without paying a top 100 price tag for him. So Victor Robust is a guy that I'm actively targeting and a guy that instead of Buxton, I might take all the way back because I think there's a little more upside with Robust because of the fact that he's going to be leading off unless he hits his way out of leading off. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a good call. Yeah, he's someone who going this late, as late as he is, like, don't yeah, you do it to me. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is when it's dangerous. We, we podcast together. We, we should have waited until we got through these players, but it is what it is. Now, you know who I like. I know who you like, and we can, bo- and I even mentioned Chris Bryant would fit my team. Well, so now you have to think twice, man, do I let him, do I let Mike have a chance at him? Cause there's a chance he doesn't make it back to you. Cause you know, my team needs to, you know, I, I with three starters and a, and a closer, I need hitting. So I'm targeting hitting. You know this. <laughs> I actually think that um, the way our teams have set up so far, like we've kind of set ourselves up to where like we're probably not going to be sniping each other very often, which is good. <laughs> well, um, I started off with pitching heavy, yeah. So if you go, for, yeah. if you need a pitcher, you know that's not me. I'm I, I ain't doing it right now. Yeah. So th- this will be interesting, to, but uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, but you do have. Kind of, sorry. I no, that's kind of why I was I was waiting to to mention Matt Chapman until after after you picked a little more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna take Chapman. I had my I had my eyes set on speed there. Yeah, and that's why like these drafts are different. Like if we did twelve teamers, there's less emphasis on speed. There's less emphasis mm-hmm. on like like I'm roster construction. To guys, too. Yeah. yeah, roster construction is very much a big deal for me in the early rounds. I like to build my team out to where because I know what's gonna fall later, so I build for later knowing who I like to get later for what, but, Oh, absolutely. I mean, but I mean, 
I don't know, man. These drafts are crazy, especially the deeper the team, the deeper the leagues. The you just don't really expect after you get past round ten, it's like a free for all. ADP's out the window. Like you think you know, but you don't know. Anyway, let's finish this off. Yeah, you, know, you have one last guy. So I have one last, but I don't know. I, I'm not really too sure how I feel about this. So I'm I'm kind of gonna gr- group like um okay like a group of players here. I yeah, I'm I'm kind of cheating here, but like the Dalton Varsho and like Andres Jimenez and Gavin Lux, like these guys that we're not really too sure. Like you know, are they gonna start the season with a spot like with a starting spot? Um, but they're guys that I mean could really pay off, right? They're going maybe like pass pick 150 or into the 200s where if I me mean, if they have an everyday spot they could be a top 100 player um so like Dalton Varsho was someone I was torn on um taking in, in another draft and he fell to me like at pick 180 or so and I just thought like it, it it's my one it's my one share of Dalton Varsho but like the potential of getting 10 plus home runs and 10 plus deals from the catching position is is incredible incredibly valuable if if he can still, you know, double digit bases. Now you, I'm sure, you know, a, a lot better than, than me, you know, doing your lineup stuff, but with Cal, uh, Cole Calhoun out, do you think that that maybe gives Varsho a little bit of a better outlook starting the season as far as his playing time goes? I don't know what to think. Cause they were really vocal. They were really not really vocal, but the Diamondbacks were vocal in general about sending Varsho down. And now with the alt site being a thing, instead of triple a, how can they manipulate it now? You know what I mean? There's no, well, let's send him down for seasoning when he's not getting, when there, when there is no season, like there's no season. How are you going to sit there and season a guy? Right. Uh, I don't know. I want to say he's going to be up, but dude, like with Calhoun out, we haven't seen him play right field once, which is the spot they need. We've seen Pavin Smith. We've seen Trace Thompson. We've seen Josh Rojas jump around everywhere. I think Rojas is going to find his way into everyday playing time or at least a strong side of platoon. But regardless, it's a um, it's a interesting it's an interesting situation. I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think. You're right. Like I I, sh- I do monitor these lineups for that reason. But at the same time, I'm very much dude. I got I got nothing. Like this this lineup. Yeah, no, there's there's some they just, things they, like they haven't this played where... them. They haven't played them in the outfield yet. That's why they haven't played them in the right field. Yeah. They've been playing them at catcher, which is actually encouraging for Dynasty because he might be able to play enough games there this year to hold back uh to to pull out to. Bring over catcher eligibility. That's Varsho. I'm I'm speaking of, but it's 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 been center field and catcher for Varsho, and that's it. No right field, and that's kind of what you're watching for because that's the spot that needs the most immediate fill. Because Marte should be playing center with Rojas at second or as Dribble at second, and Ahmed at short, and then you know there's center field's not the opening that we're that we're watching for. It's right field, and Varsho hasn't played it. But how do you not keep Varsho up when it's an alt site, not triple A? So it's just I'm waiting for the coaches to tell something because I, I got no I got I'm just I'm guessing like everyone else's, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think I think the guy I might get the most FOMO on who I haven't taken anywhere yet is probably Andres Jimenez. I mean, he's tearing it up, right? He's like staking his claim to that shortstop position so far early on in spring training. I mean, they're they're playing, you know, they they gave uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, sometime in the outfield today, like they 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 could see like Jimenez belongs in that shortstop position, and if it if it comes on opening day, it, this could be somebody who is like a ten home run, thirty stolen base guy with I'm, shortstop, second base, and third base eligibility. I took him in relegation league. I've taken Andres Jimenez in a in a couple of leagues actually. Um, one shallower league, a twelve teamer, because again, I just needed 
upside. And so I, I take him. Him and Kurloff are guys I end up with a lot because I think regardless, same thing with Varsha, I think we're all forgetting. They're only going to be down at most a month probably just to get the year. And then they're coming up. And you can stream really well off the waiver wire. You can find, you can draft players like you can draft you can take Jimenez and pair him with Cesar Hernandez if you have if you're using Jimenez as your middle infielder and you have a guy who's gonna fill in for the first month of the season for Jimenez at the very least or just grab Ahmed Rosario you know what I mean my point is is there's ways to get a Jimenez on your team a curl off because you can find good replacement value because these guys should both be up early in the season but Jimenez is a guy I have no FOMO on because I have a couple shares and honestly I'm not even against grabbing more just because I think he falls in a good spot multi-positional eligibility Menes is a guy I really am in on. I just, I don't know what to think. I mean, he looks like he's winning the job outright right now, too. And he showed that he mm-hmm. can play last year with the Mets. It's, it's just the same competition. Menes versus Rosario. Menes outplayed him last year. He's with the Mets. He's outplaying him again with the uh, with Dodgers, with the Indians. It's just a lot to be determined still, though, man. It just sucks because, like, you're, I'm following, following, following. I'm reading news every night, trying to find any little edge to get, get and give people. And it's just, we're still too far away. We don't have... We haven't gotten to that point in the in the spring training where they're like they have to make these decisions, you know. We're not, and the problem is, is we might not know until a couple of days before the season starts. In which case, and heck, what if they get a last minute DH and the NL? That's a whole other discussion. That doesn't affect AL at all. So that's stupid on my part. But you get my point, though. There's still stuff to be determined. Still stuff we don't know, and you kind of just take these risks, assuming. And I think I'm willing to take the assumption though that these guys, Jimenez and Kurloff and Kalenic or Kelnick, sorry, and Vaughn. I think Vaughn could break camp as well, but I think these are all guys that if they don't break camp, they'll be up by May. And I think we can make it a month without them. Like if you draft right, you can find somebody good enough to replace that one month and hope that these guys come up and be everything we expect them to be for the next five. Because you have to remember, it's a marathon again, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Dude, that just, just speaking of that, I'm just so like, I'm just so excited to have a full season, right? Like it feels like forever ago since we had we were able to enjoy like a full you know six months of baseball i don't know what to do with that like i i'm so i'm still in mindset <laughs> of like i'm still like in like it's a sprint mindset i have to i have a hard time reminding myself oh crap we're talking about season long of stuff and i'm excited because that means more stuff for us to do for the podcast more stuff for more content to put out in general more baseball talk more time to Let's sink in. We don't have to rush anymore. We don't have to sit here and play catch up. We don't have to sit here and play. Well, this week you're dropping this guy, even though it's like because you were we were playing the end game of fantasy from go, and that's no fun when you have to drop your stars because they're in a month slump. You only have a month left. You have to play so much, and rankings ranks were like jumping up and down. You were first place one day, mm-hmm. third place, then tenth place, then first, and it was so reactionary. It was fantasy football like without you know in fantasy baseball. It's like sipping bourbon. It's nice and slow paced. It's relaxing. Last year was taking shots, dude. Like it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm too old for that these days. You know, I gotta slow down. But yeah, man, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. I'm just excited, like you say. I'm excited. I'm excited for the grind until it's like four months in. Then I'm like, I'm tired of the grind. <laughs> but I'm excited for right? now. <laughs> I'm excited for now. But yeah, I mean, heck, you have a full season over at a new gig, so you gotta figure that out. You gotta be excited. Don't know where that's oh, gonna yeah. go, but it's gonna keep you busy. I'm sure. Behind a yeah, paywall. Yeah, for sure. Behind a paywall. Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's so weird. Big time. All right. On that note, <laughs> George, appreciate you joining me. We talked about it actually ran almost an hour when we said we wouldn't do this. So well, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you can follow George on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. One last time, a reminder for that five-star rating and review. Greatly appreciate it. It helps us go a long way in terms of being, I guess, on the, like I guess I think it works out. Like 
algorithm on iTunes. I'm just being honest. I don't know. I just, I do know it's helpful. So we appreciate you just clicking the five stars. Review is optional. Appreciate listening as always. And we'll just talk to you soon.